Two words. Holy cow. Dog Den is back after, you know, a total mess. Honestly, Jim, a total disaster. The, the Dog Den... Dog Den Sports Crew got absolutely torn apart the last month or so. There's just been so much going on, and you know, none of that matters now, honestly. No, because uh, we're here. Our initial our initial plan was, um, you know, take Christmas quick break Christmas off. break, you yeah, know, for the holidays. You know, maybe get one in between New Year's, but you know, then we went to an Islanders game in Long Island. Great yeah. time, that was yeah. fun. But after New Year's. Dog Den Jimmy came down with the vids. Came down with it. Got the COVIDs, quarantine, and then want to know what happened? What happened? DDD, Dog Den Dad, yep. came down with the COVIDs. Came down with Can't the record in the den yep. because Dog Den Dad's got the COVID, and that's another quarantine, and it's been almost a month, but we are so glad to be back. Oh, damn, Jim. We're beyond glad. Feels great to be Some back. Some might in the say den. this is electric. Feels great to be <laughs> let back me in tell the den. You. Oh my god. Let my, me tell my you. My spidey senses are tingling right now. Oh. Let me tell you. Woo! A lot to talk about. Oh, more than a lot. Like a catastrophic <laughs> amount of stuff to talk about on this, what is it, Tuesday evening at 5 59 p.m.? This is just so much to talk about. I don't even know where to start. I honestly. I think I know where to start. Um, All right. Jimmy knows where to start. You Dog Den fans know we love our boy, A.B. Oh. He's our guy. Yes, and I yes, uh, yes, yes. I want to know your thoughts on this, John, because you are the biggest A.B. fan I know. Yeah, so, you know, I've been an A.B. supporter since day one. And, you know, he's made some mistakes. He's done some bad things. And some, some of the things he's done have been inexcusable. But this particular situation with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Bruce Arians and you know unclothing on the field and walking off in the middle of a play really it looked bad on AB but honestly he was he had the right to do it he had the right to do it his coach Bruce Arians the um, you know just a walking little turd muncher the fraudulent coach turd muncher terrible coach terrible at everything he does shouldn't even have a job but daddy tom brady saved his life saved his career but anyway from the best roster in nfl history oh, oh they absolutely like threw bruce arian's chubby little body into a backpack and carried him to everything that they've done the past two years anyway so bruce arian's antonio brown's hurt he he had a ankle injury the entire week the entire week it was a relatively serious ankle injury but AB wanted to suit up and get on the field with his boys and do whatever he could do to win so he goes out there and plays and then the ankle gets worse it hurts and he he knows his limits you know we know Antonio Brown's not a soft guy he gets out in the field whenever he can I mean this is a six round pick a gritty player who really had to work his way and earn a spot in the NFL the dude's got grit he wouldn't just sit out because to, to cause a scene like this. He, he would not do that. And the truth is that he was injured, and he should not have been able to go back in the game, and he didn't because he knew his limits, and Bruce Arians wanted him to go back in the game and play, and Antonio Brown said no, and, Oos, and Bruce, Oos, Poo, whatever, Poop Arians told him that you're done. You're off the team in the middle of the game. So what did Antonio Brown? He left. And did he do it in style? Hell yeah, he did. Why not? Why not do it in style? Screw them. Screw the Bucks. Screw Bruce Arians. Because 
you know, AB, you didn't deserve that. You you came there. You know, they did give you a shot. You know, Tom was nice to you, but hey, you worked your butt off while you were there, and you really gave them everything you had, and was a very valuable part to that team while you were there. Um, and Juan Noy, he's actually he's defending himself, but you know, he's not going crazy AB that we've seen with the whole Raiders situation. He seems to be more like mellow. I think I think with that. I think it proves that, you know, he believes he's truly right because oh, he's yeah, going to he let is. the people believe. I mean, on the on the Full Set podcast, he was joking about it. At first, he was very serious, but then he got to the jokes. Like he, he said he was just feeling the love from the MetLife crowd. He yeah. said he uh, he really wanted to moon them yeah. because um, he's been working on his glutes lately, apparently. Yeah, the, a has. quote from AB, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying anything. Hey, nothing wrong just, with working on your glutes. Just a quote, and um, yeah, so I think, uh, I'm not a Bruce Arians fan, Uh, I respect what Tom Brady did, bringing A.B. in, really giving him a shot. That's one thing I do have to say about A.B., and and some of the stuff he said about Tom Brady, I do think he was wrong in that aspect. I mean, obviously we don't know everything that happens behind the scenes, but from an outside perspective looking in, it does look like Tom Brady really was had been looking out for him the past three years since everything started to go downhill when he you know he got him on the Patriots he let him live in his house same thing in Tampa he got him on he got him on the Bucks and Tom Brady it feels to me that he's been looking out for AB and AB kind of took some shots at him on that full send podcast which in my opinion I think was wrong of of AB there and you know AB he uh <clears throat> I meant Tom Brady he, uh, he had nothing about nice things to say. I mean, obviously, he's pressured in that situation. He's not going to fire back. He's still in the NFL. But he just, he was professional. He just wished A.B. the best of luck mm-hmm. and uh, and the best for him. But, you know, I think he's definitely not done in the NFL. He's one of the more talented receivers still. And if a coach really thinks they could get a grip on him and take control of his team, then be ready to see A.B. next year. Yeah, I mean, I hope he's not done. He's just too fun to watch, too good at the game. And as you guys know, I think he's a top five wide receiver of all time in NFL history. And I actually do have a very strong and educated case to make on that. I actually presented on it today in writing and communications class, did a full full 10-minute presentation on why Antonio Brown is indeed a top five wide receiver of all time. You'll be sitting there thinking to yourself, wow, John, that's blasphemy. I've never heard anyone say that my whole entire life. Well, guess what? I just did, and I can back it up. I'm not going to get into it now. I'm not going to, but save it for another pod. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll present it. I'll present it maybe. Well, I know what we can do is, you know, all those all those presentations are, are recorded. recorded. So if we can, I'll if, share it. If I'll we can it get it, much. we'll post it on our YouTube. Yep. And then you can go see why John believes in Antonio Brown is the top five wide receiver of all time. Yep. That's what we'll do. Post it on YouTube. And for all the people thinking that I'm stupid, you're just going to have to listen and hear what I have to but say. But keep an open mind. Keep it on. Also, something I'd like to add. I got Marvin Harrison in my top five wide receivers of all time. No one else does, but I do. Why would it, why should he not be? That's all. I mean, you you can you'll see more about it in my presentation. Yeah, we got Mar- Marvin Harrison very slept on. I mean, people really just go to sleep on him. Same with Antonio Brown, strictly because it was off the field, you know, drama like we saw this past weekend. But nonetheless, AB, absolute NFL legend on the field without a doubt. Yeah, moving on, we got to get into um, the the end-of-the-year coaching situations here. Can I stop you there, Jim? You can. We have to talk about this last week's slate of football before we move on to the coaching 
coaches firing. I oh, think yes. th- this week of NFL football was one of the best we've seen in a very long time with all the playoff implications, with the race being so tight. It was really, honestly, a pleasure to watch these games that went on this past Sunday. And you got to start with the Steelers-Ravens. You have to. And Big Ben, this could have been his last game. This could have been his last game ever on a football field. And that that's sad. That's sad because, you know, Ben Roethlisberger truly is a legend. And he came out and he got the job done with an overtime win against the Ravens. Yeah, the Ravens are banged up. Yeah, they have been all year. But that doesn't matter. Don't take anything away from what Big Ben did. Don't take anything away from, you know, the performance he put out there this past weekend to get his team in the playoffs. And that's what he's done in his entire career. The Steelers have never had a losing record since he's been there. And part of that's due to Mike Tomlin. Part of it's due to Big Ben. Part of it's due to both of them. And he went out there and he got him in the playoffs yet again because that's what he does. Well, um, before I give my opinion on that game, I just want to say I agree with the slate of football. It was absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was actually going on the Dog Den Twitter early early oh, wow. on the slate. And I go, I, I tweeted, Red Zone slate has been eh, the past four weeks. One and more out of the season finale. Lots of game left, though. Why so did you say that? I posted that uh, halfway through the 1 o'clock slate. Hmm. And then the football gods from above they answered. were like, Dog Den Jimmy, yep. I will bless your eyes. Yeah. Shebang. Boom, they blessed you. Tweet halfway through the 4 o'clock slate. Or, like, you know, the end of the 1 o'clock slate, beginning of the 4 o'clock slate. Witching hour is electric right now. Yep. I yep. mean, it, it didn't disappoint. And Steelers, I mean, unless you're a Ravens fan, I believe everybody was a Steelers fan last week. Oh, yeah. I you mean, had to have been rooting for Big Ben. You got to be rooting on. for Big where's Ben. Where's your heart? If, if you're not, you're not a football fan, in my opinion. Yeah, where's your heart I mean, rooting for Big Ben? A comeback win too, and some of some of his throws last week were incredible. Yo, he's still got some juice incredible. left in the tank. And I and think they might be able to upset someone in the playoffs. I mean, they start with the Chiefs. Actually, it's, no, they're not. They're not. The they're I not going to beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs are going back to the Super Bowl, in my opinion. This, could, I, this statement could so bite too. me in the butt, but I think that the Chiefs are going to waltz back there. I, I think. think I think we also have another Chiefs Bills AFC Championship as well. Yeah, possibly. I think. Most of the teams in the AFC are very fraudulent, including the – what was the team I was going to say? I don't know. It's so they're, they're all fraudulent. I'll start really. with the, the Tennessee bang. Titans. The Titans is what I, I mean, want to say. I mean, that's a one seed. So that's a one seed. No, it's not a one seed. I'm I don't care cut. if they're getting Derrick Henry back. They've had the same production with and without him. They've won the same amount of games with and without him, and people think that them getting Derrick Henry back is all of a sudden going to make them go to playoff team. But they haven't been the last two years with him. I don't know what's going to change magically. But, you know, people just love the dude. And they think that Derrick Henry coming back off a a pretty serious injury is all of a sudden going to turn the Titans into Super Bowl favorites. Which um, is pretty naive, if you ask me. Yeah, definitely. And also, you're about to go into the Bengals. I, I can agree that they're fraudulent. I mean... They're, they're a fun team to watch. They're a fun it's team hard to watch. Not to like that team. They're a fun team to Don't watch. Get me wrong. And I honestly wouldn't use the word fraudulent. I think I w- they can make a little bit I would, of a run. I would use the word bipolar. Because yeah. usually by halftime, you have figured out the tight uh, the Bengals. You know how they're playing that game. Yeah. And honestly, when watching the Bengals, you're either watching Joey B throw for four hundred plus with four tutties, 
or they're down 21. Yeah, and then they're climbing so back. I think I think it's all about how the Bengals get out of the gate. But if they get hot, they could they could make a little magic happen. Yeah, I think Joe Joey Burr is really gonna have to get it going this weekend, and they're gonna have to come out guns a blazing, like Jimmy said. I mean, that offense is, you know, could be top two and not two when they're on, and they, it's just they're they're a really fun team to watch. They're a really likable team. They got a lot a lot of good characters on that team. I mean. It's just they're fun, and I think everyone's rooting for the Bengals. I would don't care. I would love to see the Bengals in the Super Bowl. I would absolutely love it. But do I think it's gonna happen? No, no, I don't. It's not gonna happen. It just simply isn't. But hey, I'm still rooting for them. Still rooting for them. Still rooting for Big Ben. You know, all the heartwarming. You know, underdogs. You know, I love that stuff. And now, um, I say we shit on the Colts. Oh my God! You're oh my win God. and you're in. <laughs> you make Trevor Lawrence look like your father. Carson Wentz, dude. I would get those eyes checked from a good doctor because I have no idea what you were seeing. I mean, Josh Allen, no middle name, was just tearing you apart. Dude, the Colts, I've never seen a worse choke job of all time. And there's something I would like to say about Carson Wentz. Did he, you know, probably put out one of the largest choke jobs of all time yes he did but i i i try to keep uh you know a relatively non-recency biased look on things and i would i would like to give carson Wentz a shout out for the season that he did have and people say he got carried by his o-line and jonathan taylor and that might be slightly true but every good team has a good run run game every single good team in the league has a strong run game it's just the fact so to say that he was carried by it is just you just sound a little goofy and immature, and I think Carson Wentz deserves his respect. He definitely lost some after that choke job he put out against Jacksonville Jaguars, but he did he did have a, a great season. That's all. But yes, he, he did, did choke, and that was embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. Um, another thing I want to point out with Carson Wentz this season is another big moment, which could have put the Colts in the playoffs, is if he was able to come back earlier in that season and get that game-winning drive. True. But he sat I mean, out, they, stood, stood on his hurt, his hurt ankles, ran out on the field at the end of the game, and he let Jacob Eason take the fall. But you know, there's some questionables about Carson Wentz. But you know, I think he did look like a little bit of his prime Eagles form this year. He yeah. did look better. Yeah, he shined a lot this year and and really had some good moments, but. I mean, for the Colts, you can look at this Week 17 loss when they honestly never beat Jacksonville at at Jacksonville, which they just never do. Somehow they always lose. But it all starts at the beginning of the season with that slow start they had, and they dropped a bunch of divisional games early in the year, and that, that is what cost them that playoff spot. You can look at this last last game. It's kind of like in basketball. You you can't If someone misses a game-winning shot or a game-time shot to send it overtime, you can't look at that shot. You look at the shots in the first corner, like the turnovers you had in the first quarter. It's just, it's you can't look at this one week and say this is why the Colts didn't make it. It's really is from them starting, whatever, however the one and three. Four. They were one and three to start the season, which they shouldn't have been, and that is is the truth. It just they got off to a slow start and bit them in the butt. And I think um, we're gonna say we're gonna save the Niners for the next game. But uh, we also got to talk about, because I know you're going to get really into it, um, the Raiders Chargers. I kind of want to go in chronological order. 
Okay, we can go in chronological Because that just, I mean, it just makes sense. I know, but you're going to go on for like 10 minutes. No, I'm not. Okay, go on about the Niners. I mean, what else is there to say? I mean, mean, you know you want, Sean McVay in the end zone, how did that make you feel? I mean, you're just... You're just a clown, Sean McVay. You are. We. I mean, I know that. You're. You've lost six in a row to the Niners. Six in a row, dude. Oh my goodness. Six in a row. Two of those, by the way, to an absolute crippled shell of a football team last year. I mean, you're up 17-0. You're. You're. I don't know. I just. I don't know if his balls have dropped yet. I don't know what's going on with him. But he goes and celebrates in the end zone like he won the Super Bowl. Up 17-0, and guess what? That's just just one of those things that you look at. It's one of those memes you look at. You're like, well, you probably shouldn't have done that. You probably should have stayed a little bit more focused and been a little bit more professional rather than going and celebrating in the end zone with your your players that you're supposed to be the coach of. Leave the celebrating to them. I mean, come on. And the Niners also look at that, and they're like, what the hell is this guy doing? Oh, come on. This is... They drive down, down 17-0, drive beautiful drives to get in field goal range at the end of the half, get the ball at half, go down, score. Debo throws a tutty pass to tie it all. I mean, goddamn, this dude, Debo Samuel, is a legend. He is a legend. He does it all. He is one of the best players in the NFL, and I can say that wholeheartedly now. And it just was Jimmy G was clutch. Jimmy G had a literal atrocious first half. I told my dad that I wanted Trey Lance to go in. I wanted Jimmy out. He was too hurt. He was too he wasn't ready to shine in the big moment, and I couldn't have been more wrong. Jimmy G came out in the second half, balls to the walls. We got the run game going, and he led two clutch drives. To one to tie it up and send it in overtime, and one to get the field goal in overtime. And we won the game. Avery Thomas sealed it off with that pick on Matthew Stafford. And it was just, it was it was really hard for me to watch because I was, like, pooping myself. I was so nervous. I was sitting on the couch. I was, like, pacing. Because was, this was it. This was it. If we it, didn't win this game, we not weren't making the playoffs. playoffs. And I was just, I could not deal with more heartbreak from this team and this franchise. And I... And I just, I'm so happy we're in the playoffs. And I think we have the team, we have the talent, we have the mentality to make a run. And hopefully we do that. But fantastic game. Really, really good game. And I, I enjoyed watching it for the most part until the end there where I was real nervous, real nervous. Also, a lot of you guys probably don't know who Juwan Jennings is, but Juwan Jennings was a seventh round pick, I think, two seasons ago. And. He had two touchdowns. He had the game-tying touchdown to send it to overtime, and he had, like, three third-down conversions on that overtime drive. Juwan Jennings, remember the name. Remember the name. He's a dog, and he really stepped up when the Niners needed him to. I also want to talk about um, the Niners' defense stepping up. Yeah, I mean, huge in the second half. Their secondary was getting torched in the first Looked I like mean, a whole different team in the second I mean, half. the goal line, when they ran that play action and Jimmy Ward watched Tyler yeah, Higby catch, so mad I was that. like, Jimmy Ward, what are you doing? But second half, man, they looked like a totally different team. Yeah. They, I mean, the Niners have a lot of grit. I got to give it to them. And I also think that they're going to – they have if their defense plays like they did in the second half against the Rams, they could stop the Dallas Cowgirls. Definitely. I mean – I mean, I know a lot of people think they can, but when the 
Dallas was heating up at the end of the season. They average over 35 points at home. Oh, yeah. They're, it's it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a gritty game. The Cowboys are a nuclear offense, and we know that with all the weapons they have. They have the dual threat in the backfield, and they're, they're a really good team. And honestly, for the, for the Niners, it all boils down to those corners. We got Emmanuel Mosley back. Um, he missed four weeks with an ankle sprain, and he's our number one corner since Jason Wright got hurt at the beginning of the year. And he, having him back, does wonders. He picked off Stafford in the first half, and uh, and that was that was huge for the program. And then Avery Thomas, the rookie corner, got that pick to steal the game off. And if he if he can build confidence like that for us, that is just going to be so huge. And if, if those two guys can play at a high level in the playoffs against the Cowboys, we're going to be good to go. Sorry, I'm trying to kill a cricket right now that uh, infiltrated the den. Can't have any infiltrators. He's hopping around like a little. John is very terrified of insects. No! <laughs> and he's unable to catch it. And He's um really getting shifty on me. And since that I say uh great week and we go into the playoff picture. Chargers. Yeah. Oh, Chargers. Yeah, we forgot about the Chargers. Um you did. Yeah, I did. Um the Chargers, I mean I'm really sad. I actually not sad cuz I'm not like a Chargers fan, but I couldn't be more disappointed in a Let's freaking go. He killed perseverance, the baby. I, I could have given up. I could have, but I didn't. And guess what? We're safe down here. The den is safe of intruders now. So, okay. Continue. You good? You good? I'm great. Are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm just talking about how disappointed I am in the Chargers and their franchise with um, with how loaded their offense is. Well, you know, I think it really just boils down to the Chargers being honestly a joke at this point. They're a joke. Their team has been so good the last couple of years, and they haven't made the playoffs. It's embarrassing. They haven't made the playoffs, and people say Justin Herbert's a top three, top five quarterback in the league, but they're not in the playoffs. How? How could he be so good with such a good team and a good defense, but not be in the playoffs? Someone fill in the blanks for me. That's all. I mean, you could. He put did up look all the... really good at he the did. end of that he game. Did. He did. He was clutch. He made some plays. He brought him back into it. I will not take that away from him. I'm not saying Justin Herbert's bad. I'm just saying that as of now, he has not been winning as much as I would like him to see with that team around him and the talent that I know he has. That's all. Also, they really need to make adjustments to that Chargers defense. Yeah, it got torched. I mean, they had the pass rush, but their secondary is horrible. Yeah. It is horrible. Yeah. I mean, that's why the Chargers games are so high scoring. Yeah. Because they just get torched in the secondary, and it's horrible to see. And also, also, Chargers, you had Will coming back in that game. Um, Defense didn't play horrible, but that's also clock management at the end from... Braden Stanley. Braden Stanley. I mean, dude, they almost took the tie. A tie would have had them both. They would have had a... You could have been in the playoffs. Or you keep the clock running. They have to get down the field with the clock still going, burn a timeout, then bring Daniel Carlson out, who honestly is amazing. He is good. He is crazy. He is. He's automatic. He's fun to watch. No, yeah, he's actually like cool. I mean, he's got some good post game interviews too. You know, he's a, he's a fun guy around the league, and and that's just good. It's good to have personalities, especially from a kicker like that in the NFL. It's fun to see. John, I know you're not the. Uh, 
The biggest Derek Carr fan, but you got to feel good for him. Uh, I don't. Why? I think he's going to get absolutely embarrassed in the playoffs. And I know he, he can make me look goofy, but I think that <laughs> the Raiders team does not deserve to be in the playoffs. And, you know, maybe they do. No, I take that back. They deserve to be in the playoffs. You know, they fought through a lot of adversity this year, which I, I can uh, respect and condone. But at the end of the day, Derek Carr is not that guy. He's not that guy. He got the win when they needed it. He did. I'll give him that. But I think they're – I don't know who they play first round, but whoever it is, they're going to get smoked. I, I think they play the Titans. The Titans have the bye. Oh. Then it's got to be the look, Bengals. Look, oh, they're going to get murked. Look it up. Actually, I don't know. I'm just saying, I, I know, like, they're not the most skilled team, but, like, with everything, Derek Carr has had to carry that team mentally all year. Yeah, they're gonna play the Bengals. No, I'm not. I don't. I don't have anything against his leadership. Nothing. He's a great leader. He's a great guy. He's a cool dude. They're gonna be playing the Bengals, but not. Not absolutely nothing against Derek Carr and his leadership abilities and and abilities to lead a team. Nothing against that at all. I just don't think he's that good of a football player. That's what it boils down to to me. How do you feel about the uh, the Bills and the Pats? That is gonna be. Oh, I don't even know. I don't. Even, I feel like that. That's just a toss-up. I have. I have no clue who's gonna win that game. I don't even have a. I guess I don't. Ha- I don't have anything for you guys. I just don't. I'd like to see the Bills come out on top. I think they're a better team, and I think hopefully Josh Allen can perform in the playoffs better than he did in that AFC Championship last year. I think that Josh Allen has um, gotten a bad rep this year for for no reason. I mean, everyone was expecting an MVP caliber season. Well, I know sometimes that just doesn't happen, but that doesn't take away from him putting together a good dynamic season from the quarterback position. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he struggled in the beginning. He found his groove, but want to know what? He won his team the division. They're in the playoffs. And, you know, if they can beat Billy B, then, you know, they could get some momentum going. I concur. I concur. I think other than the Chiefs, the Bills are the second serious team in the AFC. I think the Steelers, sadly, are going to get smoked. Yeah, they're going to get murdered. Um, And then Titans, I think whoever wins the game to play the Titans, they're going to beat the Titans. Mm-hmm. And I uh, take a quick look here at the NFC picture. <clears throat> we got Green Bay with the bye. I am liking the Green Bay Packers. A lot. I think if anyone's going to beat them, it's the Niners. But, um... And that's not bias. That's not bias at all. The Niners always play good against Packers. They do. They do. They've had they've had Rodgers numbers in the past. Yeah. Um, what do you think about Cardinals-Rams? Divisional matchup. I think neither of those teams are Super Bowl contenders. I think the, the nine or whatever, 10-7 Niners are more of a contender than... Then either of them. Sorry, I'm sorry. Just stop referring back to the Niners. We're in the talking NFC about picture. the NFC. We're talking about the Cardinals and the Rams. Okay, I think they both suck, and it doesn't matter who's going to win that because whoever they play next, they're going to lose to. I'm sorry. Who do you think's going to win the game? The Cardinals. Okay. Actually, the Rams. The All Rams right. are going to win. The Cardinals are going to lose. And we already touched on the Niners, Cowboys. I think the Eagles are going to get smoked by the Buccaneers. Eagles shouldn't be in the playoffs. They shouldn't. They're fraudulent. I think the Saints should be in the playoffs over. No, the Saints suck too. 
Dude, it would be so fun, though, if the Saints ended up getting in with the third wild card seed and playing the Bucks again. Yeah, that would be That would have been so cool to see. Well, the Buccaneers were cheering when the Niners beat the Rams. Because if the Niners didn't beat the Rams or something, I don't know. There was, like, some situation. The Saints would have been in. Yeah, and they didn't want to play the Saints. Okay, I say we move on to the coaching world. A lot of firings. A lot of firings. We got Nagy's gone. Praise Jesus. We already know Urban Meyer's gone. Praise Jesus. Mike Flores is gone. Brian Flores. Brian Flores, my bad. And, yeah, he's gone. Interesting. I mean, he'll he'll rehire quickly. He'll have a job waiting for him. Um, and then pretty soon, you know, he's gonna have a job. You know, and then the next couple weeks. My prayers have been answered. Not only did um, Gettleman, you know, retire. retire. I'm doing air quotes because yeah. he knew he was gonna get canned, so he uh, he retired. But still, like all my Giants, he retired before he could get fired. And then all my all my Giants fan pages, they also put it as resigned with a picture of Gettleman, because he doesn't deserve to retire from the Giants. He's a failure. And then after that, which is gone. Joe Judge, his little gremlin boy, is gone after two years of pure pity. Pitiful performances. Not even pity, just pure, I would like to say pure stupidity. Yeah. Stupidity. I could, I could get behind that. He is just stupid and bad at his job. I mean, people see someone coming from the New England coaching tree and they just hire him like that. And sometimes they're good and sometimes they're not. You know, Mike Vrabel's been has, no. They've been good. You know, Mike Vrabel's been great. You know, yeah. Brian Flores has been great. But then you look at some failures, such as Joe Judge, Matt Patricia, uh, Bill O'Brien. I mean, there has been some terrible head coaches to come out of that coaching tree. So, just I mean, gotta. The, the Giants also should have never gone out and hired a special teams coach. Why? What the special team sucks too. I know. It's not even good. That's what I'm saying. We should have hired an offensive coordinator. That's what you want now. That's we, what you want. That, that's what we need. Yeah, you want. That's what you want. Look at all the teams in the playoffs this year. Look at every single one of them. Matt LaFleur, offensive mind. Offensive, he offensive coordinates that team. He's the head coach. Sean McVay, same thing. Kyle Shanahan, same thing. Bruce Arians, carried by Tom Brady. Um,. Nick Sirianni on the Eagles, he's a defensive minded coach, which is cool, but they suck and they don't they don't deserve to be there. Mike McCarthy. Um what's the fricker? Cliff Kingsbury from Arizona, offensive supermind. Um, who was the other one you say? Mike McCarthy. Uh, is it Matt or Mike? It's Mike. Yeah. Mike McCarthy, uh he's I don't think he's that good of a coach, but you know, the AFC, you got Andy Reid, Bill Belichick, you know. The classic. He's, he's defense, but, you know, that goes without saying. Sean McDermott's also more. I don't know. I just think, I mean, if I'm the GM or the owner of an NFL franchise, I'm trying to find the next, you know, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, Cliff Kingsbury, Matt LaFleur type guy because yeah. of the success that they have had immediately in the NFL. And that's the new wave of football. It is. It's like this. Those young masterminds yeah. coming in, being able yeah. to lead both the offense and the defense, but kind of, I would say, more leaning on the offensive minded side. And, um. For sure, for sure. I mean, they. 
they they offensive coordinate their prospective teams and are the head coaches. They're dual threats, and they win football games, and the proof is in the pudding right there. So, you know, the Giants, hopefully they can figure something out, get get a new a just new bring coach. Just bring Honestly, Brian in, you know. know. I don't just know. Br- I want Brian at this point. I like what he did. Um, I'd feel bad for Brian if he had to go. He already fixed the Dolphins. Go try to fix the pity, pity Giants. Also, I think the Giants are actually interviewing. Are, are interviewing the 49ers assistant GM to be their new GM, and I would be absolutely irate if that happened. Because let me get, let me tell you, Jim, if if our assistant GM. If he got away, you know, you guys would be getting a good one. He he works hand in hand with John Lynch, and he's very crucial to everything that he does for the Niners organization. And that would really be a tough blow. Also, people are looking at our offensive coordinator for head coaching jobs, and it's just like it's they already getting, got Robert Sala. Getting overwhelming. Stop coming for our coaches and GMs and whatnot. Just just leave us alone. Let us be and let us do our thing. All right, you know. Go somewhere else to find your coaches. That's all I gotta say. Get out of here. <sighs> yeah, and I uh I think that pretty much covers all the NFL. And I say we touch on the college world. I mean we had the college football championship last night where Georgia took down Saban. Saban goes down. Saban goes down. Well, I know what. Um I was rocking with Georgia in the SEC championship. And well, I know what they made me look stupid. They made me look stupid. Alabama made me look stupid. Going into the championship, I'm rocking with Georgia again because I thought that I was. I told you this to your face. And I said, I believe the Georgia defense saw it once. They'll be able to combat it and, you know, be able to play against Bryce Young. And they did. Also, the Georgia offense, a lot of grit. A lot of grit falling behind early. Oh. Late game touchdowns. Um, that Alabama corner, I forget his name, got absolutely torched on a free play, which was a great catch. Um, and he lost him the game, in my opinion. But, you know, go dogs. I'm glad to see Kirby yeah. get one. Yeah, I agree. Go dogs. I'm glad they win. You know, it's always a good day when Bama goes down. Uh, sick and tired of seeing them win. And uh, we like underdogs here at Dark Den Sports. So, you know, since he let us down a little bit. So did Michigan. Yeah, since he, yeah, they both did. Anyway, hey, we're glad glad Georgia won. Get that under their belt. I think we got to touch on college basketball a little bit, and you know what we've seen IRL the last month or so. Oh yeah, so um, we just went to a St. John's Providence no, before that. Where'd we go before that? Providence Seton Hall. Oh yes, I totally forgot. So talk about the Friars. Uh huh. We've been at fry. We've been at dunks. Just we've been all at the dunks, time. ripping the Friars games. And well, I know what they haven't let us down. They I mean, I think we're down. the Friars' good luck charm, honestly, because they always show up. Yeah. Um, we had Friars Seton Hall, and man, was that a game! The dunk was packed. The mm-hmm. atmosphere was there, and well, I know what it, the score looked a little closer, but Providence dominated that game. Yeah, that was a great game to watch. It was, it was certainly a good time, and. You know, honestly, the atmosphere at the dunk has been great in the two games that we've been there. Really, they've they've showed out, and it's been a fun time. And you know, like Jimmy said, we were just at St. John's Providence game, and 
you know, we were wearing our St. John's jerseys, you know, had to had to show out, you know, shout out Terrell or Terrell Tariq. Tariq Owens. Shout out Tariq. He's and the man. Chris Mullen. And Chris Mullen. And we were getting chirped a little bit. But we did meet a very nice Providence fan. Then. He he was chirping us at first. And then, you know, he would be like, Hey Mully, hey Mully, because I was wearing my Mullen jersey. Yeah. And he would be like <laughs> You, did uh, St. John's get those bricks from the masonry program? And then uh, I'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he would be like, by the way, love the jersey, man. Best jersey in the house. And I'm like, my guy. Yeah. And so um, then at halftime, sadly, he moved. We were having a good time with him. Yeah, he upgraded his seats. But, uh, Can't blame him. That's... As you've seen in the Giants video. Yeah, Dogden likes doing that too. But happy ending. We saw him in the tunnel leaving the game. Got some, got some high fives from our boy. Gave so. gave us a high five. He a little trash talk. I'm like, I'll see you at Carnesecca, and he was he was more than happy to hear that. Oh yeah, just uh, shout out him. Yeah, should have seen if he had Instagram for a follow. Yeah. yeah, but but um yeah, so St. John's lost Providence. Um, they shut down Julian Champagny. I think actually no. no. Julian, Julian Champagny shut, shut down, down Julian Champagny. Yeah, he shut down himself. But he was um, bricking, dude. Hopefully, tomorrow night Julian Champagny can bounce back. Well, we will be courtside at St. John's UConn behind the Johnnies in the huddle at the Gamble Pavilion. At the Gamble Pavilion, and it's it's gonna be a good game. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Julian. If back to that Providence game that we saw against St. John's, if Julian Champagny had anything remotely close to what he's done this whole season, St. John's wins that game. Nine out of by, ten times. By, you know, a reasonable margin of eight to ten points. If, if he just plays decent. I mean, we have decent. someone who's averaging 21 and a half points and he puts up ten or eight. It was like eight on just the most porous shooting efficiency I've ever seen in my life. He probably missed like ten threes and didn't make one of them. From that was, game, though. Shout out Posh Alexander. Posh Alexander is an absolute I know dog. you want to get going on him. I, I want to get going, but Posh, I mean, talk about the definition of a dog, someone who works out there, someone who plays his heart out every time he steps on the floor. I mean, he's just really fun to watch from the defensive side, end of the court, and he's well on his way to winning another Big East Defensive Player of the Year. I think uh, he, should, he should be running away with it. That's that. You know, big Posh Alexander fan here. He's, just, he's fun to watch. That's all. I mean, he's more fun. I mean, there's very few players where you keep your eyes on him the entire defensive possession. Yeah, I mean, defense Posh, generally isn't that fun to watch. No. But it is. Posh makes it fun to watch. I mean, I feel like if you're watching Providence basketball like like we were against Posh Alexander, you're watching Posh Alexander on defense to make sure he doesn't cause another turnover yeah, rather it, than your guys trying when to you, shoot the ball. When you watch a basketball game, you watch the offense. You don't watch the defense. You watch what the offense is doing unless you're a coach or something or you're scouting or something like that. If you're there just to watch purely out of joy, generally your main focus is on the offense and what they're doing. When Posh Alexander's on the court, I'm staring right at him and watching him follow his man. I'm not even looking at the ball. I'm just watching Posh because he's that much of a menace on defense and it's really fun to watch. So, yeah, very impressive there. Yeah, so um, with that, we're at the Gamble Pavilion tomorrow. Hopefully, we can get a video out. I would love yeah. to. I would love to shoot a vlog for you guys. Yeah, we gotta get back. Get back. Get, get a, back. Into get back it. on the YouTube. Yeah. And um. Anything else you want to touch on? 
I mean, that's really all I got. I mean, maybe just briefly, I'd like to say how crazy the NBA's been lately with all the COVID and all these old heads getting 10-day contracts. I mean, so the one person who I really wanted to talk about, and the whole reason I said this is my boy Lance Stevenson, big Lance Stevenson fan here. I'm really just a sucker for these characters, dude. I just think some of these guys are so damn funny, and, and you know, some of the stuff they do is awesome, and I just love how they go out there and do it. And Lance Stevenson has been hooping. He's been hooping. He's back on the Pacers, and he is hooping because that's what he does. He's a hooper. When he's not in the NBA, he's in China or, like, Europe, dropping 40 a game. He's a hooper. That's what, I mean, shout-out Lance Stevenson. That's all I got for it, Jim. One more shout-out, Iso Gel. Oh, yeah, getting a bucket on the Celtics. Yeah, cool. I mean, that's just nostalgic. Yeah. That's just nostalgic. Anyway, 40-minute mark. Wow, Dog Den's good. We're back on track. And uh, thank it is. Thank it is.